0: As the calendar moves towards mid-October, Hollywood has one thing on its mind. That's right, monsters. You know, the scariest type show up with masks and fangs and all sorts of nastiness in R-rated horror movies. And there are plenty of those this time of year. We're not talking about those monster movies. (laughs) But Tinseltown, you know, they don't want anybody to feel left out which means there's another kind of monster movie, and that's the kind that is aimed at our kiddos. Hey, everyone. Adam Holtz, you're your host of The Plugged In Show, focus on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Well, today on The Plugged In Show, we're celebrating our 100th episode, and we're so glad you have come along with us on this fun ride, and I hope you'll stick around after our conversation as we look back on some of our... (laughs) funnier moments (laughs) but for the main part of our conversation today we're looking at two of the new big monster movies with a young audience in mind the adams family 2 and muppets haunted mansion we'll talk about those flicks as well as some of the bigger issues we need to be thinking about as parents when it comes to these two genres Joining me for our first segment today are Kristen Smith, Jonathan McKee, and Paul Acey. Hello, everybody. Hello. Morning. Are you guys ready to talk monsters? Let's do monsters. it. Monsters. All right. Well, let's start with a little personal confession question.
1: <laughs>
2: Love those.
0: I know you do. That's why I'm asking it. What's your favorite monster movie and why? And it could be your favorite monster movie from 1973 or you know, 2021 or anything in between. Wait,
1: does this have to be like four kids? Like your favorite? No. Oh, no. just in general. Any favorite. kind of monster, favorite, Yeah.
0: I mean, okay. if you go with the howling, we might wonder about you, okay. but you know. Go ahead.
1: Sure, since I'm already talking. Hi. Right. Um. Okay. So I have tons of energy this morning. How can I? How can I channel this? Um, <laughs> I think. Use your all, use your words, Kristen. <laughs> Sorry. use your words. I don't like. I don't like scary movies like at all. They're like not my thing. I've actually begged the staff here to like. I don't like. I'm not reviewing them. It's. I don't know if it's a beg more as like a a threat. Like I won't do it. So anyway, <laughs> but as for kid monster movies, Monsters Inc. Does that count? It's oh, like it discount. Yes. It's so right in the title, cute. totally, and it's my That's absolute hilarious. favorite. And I'm trying to get my son to watch it, but he's too little. So I'm really excited for when he gets older, and it won't scare him.
0: I mean, you can do that in Star Wars, like back to back.
1: Exactly, I plan on it. Yeah. <laughs> That's
0: awesome.
2: I guess I will go. I t- see. I'm trying to shuffle through all the monster movies that I've seen, and it's really tricky. Um, I think my favorite monster is probably the Balrog from Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Maybe the, That counts?
2: Well, it doesn't, because I'm oh. not actually using that as my oh, pick. Okay. I am actually going to say "Knight of the Lepus.
0: The heck is that? Night of the Lepus. Paul, I'll buy Oh, you know. If I were- You know. Wow. If I were a Lepus, what on earth would I be, or would I want to know what I am?
2: You would be a gigantic killer bunny. Oh, man. Yes, indeed. You oh, be... the bunny movie. The bunny <laughs> movie. I remember that one.
1: Yeah. Oh, I feel like that doesn't really count.
2: But but... They're big, gigantic bunnies. It is it is a terrible, terrible, terrible movie that I really enjoyed watching because it's it features these, <laughs> these genetically engineered rabbits that grow to be 20 feet tall, and they assault this town, and they but slaughter they? people, and you realize during the movie that- Bunnies just aren't very scary. So
0: I mean, it's sort of screaming for a Monty Python quote.
3: What behind? What behind (laughs) the rabbit? No, it is the rabbit. Look at the bones, man. The bones. Anyway, I digress. Jonathan, what about you? Okay. Well, since I know that Adam's just going to say the monsters in the Star Wars bar uh, definitely won't go that direction, (laughs) so yeah. Um, so So my favorite, probably overall, creature flick is going to have to be Signs. I just love it. Signs is just so good. Such Ah. a good discussion piece too. whole family can watch it.
0: Love that film. So um, I'm going to hedge a tiny bit and I'm going to pick a character because I'm not sure I can pick just one of his destructive movies and that's Godzilla. Godzilla. And it's hard to try to figure out do you want to go with the more recent ones, which are better movies, or do you just want the dude in the suit romping through Models of Tokyo. <laughs> wait, wait.
2: Um, I think those are better. Movies. I
0: think I'm going to go with Godzilla versus the Smog Monster from 1974, Ooh. which this will wow. tell you something about me. I History. think was the second movie History. that my parents <laughs> took me to as a child. So let's all uh, write. Oh, Can we okay. write thank you notes to my parents today and say thanks, mom and dad, for yeah. taking little Adam to see Godzilla versus the Smog Monster? And I think it was 1974. Yeah. So yeah. Godzilla times. movie was one Good times. of the Good time. It times, was actually right? the
2: very first I don't horror think I've movie ever I've seen. Saw
0: that. What's that?
2: Well, a Godzilla <laughs> movie was actually the the very first movie that I ever saw, a horror movie that I ever saw, uh, begged my parents to, to let me stay. Is that considered
1: horror?
0: Nah, it's a monster movie. No,
2: but okay. I was scared when Horrible I was 9 production years values. old. I was scared. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: Well, I this is uh, this conversation is already living up to my expectations <laughs> in that I feel like there That's is so good. much to talk about and We are already talking about it. So let's keep moving and talk about monster movies aimed at kids, which in a way is a little bit weird. And we'll get to that. Paul, you have recently seen a couple of this year's kid-oriented movies in this genre. Let's start with Adam's Family 2 in a nutshell. And I'm talking like a small nut, like not a coconut. (laughs) What's Challenge. going? Yeah, what's going oh on here, goodness. and what do your parents need to know about?
2: So, Adams Family Two is about the Adams family, which I think we're all fairly. So familiar we don't need with. to say anymore. That's we? all we really need to know. <laughs> Wednesday we Adams is is we learned that she may have been switched at birth, and so essentially the story is Wednesday trying to figure out whether she was born to the Adamses or whether she needs to go searching for her birth father, who seems to be searching for her.
0: Wow, that was both an amazingly succinct summary and it doesn't sound like an Adams Family movie at all. It, it sounds like a lifetime drama or something in that neighborhood.
2: <laughs> yes, it, it it does. It has a little bit of sweetness to it, and yet it has, of course, all the macabre humor that the Adams Family is known for. All right. And ironically, yeah, yeah. it has a lot of monsters in it as well.
0: Okay, well, you know, Adams Family, they're kind of no monsters. they're not
2: monsters see this is why we need to do in a separate podcast
0: oh yeah on what constitutes monster. this week in that we're not doing this week <laughs> so specifically let's say you have a seven or eight year old kiddo who has seen the commercial and they're pulling it at mom's shirt, saying mom mom i want to go see adam's family too what do you say to those parents
2: i would tell them I think long and hard about this. Okay, because why? because if you're familiar with the Adams family, you know that the humor can be fairly dark. You okay. know, it's humorous but dark. It's meant to be this macabre thing where people are trying to kill each other all the time. There's ghosts, there's spirituality, there's all this sort of stuff. The other thing about the
0: modern So it's sweet but dark.
2: It's sweet but dark. The other thing about this modern incarnation of the Adams family is that there's a ton of bathroom humor. A lot uh. of bathroom humor. It seems like, as I think back on the movie, about a third of the jokes rely on some sort of, uh, well, bathroom humor. That's all we'll say.
0: <laughs> so if bathroom humor is a trigger point for you, probably a no on this
2: one. <laughs> exactly.
0: Dark, all right, let's macabre keep... bathroom humor. Yes, <laughs> macabre <laughs> bathroom humor. <laughs> oh, I could go in so many directions, but I will exercise a modicum of self-restraint here. So, Muppet Haunted Mansion. Now, this Muppet Haunted Mansion is on... Disney plus, Disney plus, Adam's Family 2 is in theaters, correct? That is correct.
2: That okay. is
3: correct. M- Muppet? Oh, and, and, and I just got to tell you, I love the Muppets, so be nice. I love them. <laughs> who I love them. doesn't love it, the
2: Muppets? They're so nice. This is actually more of a, of a special, a show than a movie. It's less than an hour long. Ooh, okay. So um, you're not going to be in a heavy time commitment with this. But essentially, it's everything that Jonathan loves about the Muppets, plus everything that people who go to Disneyland Remember about the Haunted Mansion ride? Oh, cool. It's very, cool. very uh, reflective of of the actual ride in Disneyland, um, and he sort of combines them in a very Muppet-like twist. Now, if you're familiar with the ride, you know that there's a lot of spirituality in there too. It is called the Haunted Mansion after all, so you're talking about <laughs> ghosts and weird things, and there's this there's this floating thing both in the ride and in the in the movie. Uh, and you have been to a, Disneyland recently. I so have been to Disneyland. You know what recently. you're talking about. Yes. Yes. Um <laughs> so there's there's this medium that essentially holds a seance while her head is in this floating crystal ball. And that's sort of replicated Weirdly
0: that's how I felt this morning when I got up. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: so sure. you have these elements that are very, very familiar to people who are familiar with the ride obviously. But for but for families that are, are sensitive to that, this could be a big you know, kind of red light.
0: Mm -hmm. So, well, and I think that's an interesting thing because, um, one of the things we'll talk about with monster movies for kids in a minute are these kinds of spiritual issues that we're sort of invited to laugh at. Right. In fact, let's just go ahead and talk about that. So if you are a family that really does care about these sorts of spiritual issues, how do we go about thinking through turning them into a joke? Because it feels to me like on one hand they're pretty serious and on another hand you know we're being invited to laugh at them so let's talk about that
1: i have a big issue with this because i'm probably the family that we don't i really don't like stuff like that and my son watches blippy all the time and now blippy on youtube yeah now blippy halloween is coming on and i just he he is my firstborn. So he's like, mommy, we don't watch this. I'm like, that's right, son. So I just turn it, uh, done my work. But I really, really um, have a big issue with shows and movies that make light of seances and auras and crystals and all that stuff. Because um, just having traveled abroad and, and really seeing, I think it's different in the United States where we don't really witness possession and all of this stuff. I think it's, it's shown itself differently here. So Having been abroad and seeing that stuff face to face, I just, I don't mess with it.
3: Yeah, you know, I'm so glad to hear you say that, Kristen, because I feel the same way. It's like when my kids grew up, it's like we liked fun. We we like scary movies. We like scary stories around the campfire when we would go camping. Um, But there's, uh, to me, there's a a line drawn that when you go to, okay, now let's talk about Satan, demons, possession, seances. And I think it's one of those things where if you as a family are in scripture, you know, scripture isn't like, don't joke about monsters, you know, (laughs) don't, scripture doesn't (laughs) warn you about that, but scripture does warn you about messing with the dark side over there and so uh, you know sometimes i guess maybe some movies you'd be like i don't know does that flirt with that too much and you have to make that decision as a family but again if you're spending time in the truth you're going to recognize the lies yeah i
0: sort of feel the same way and paul maybe you can be the the voice for the other side when we all get done talking if you want to (laughs) be like one movie that a lot of people like um is the nightmare before christmas and I don't know what it is about Tim Burton, oh, but he movie. just it gives me the willies <laughs> and I have the same response you do. And I know a lot of people who love this movie and I don't think our, our point here is to say, you know you should never watch any of these movies right Uh, the point is you need to engage with what Scripture says and you need to think about your family and you need to think about the particulars of your situation but that's another one that I felt like oh let's mash up Halloween and Christmas and see what happens I'm like well let's not and say we did I mean that was (laughs) sort of how I responded Um, but it's an incredibly popular movie and so uh, I've sometimes scratched my head a little bit I'm like what's the draw here
1: I don't know if I can answer to the draw, but the one thing I would say, sorry, Paul, I know he's trying to (laughs) prove his point, but the one thing I would say is just, I think as a Christian, someone who's in scripture and can see the differences, I have a lot of friends who aren't. And so I've also had a lot of friends where we have these conversations and they've had real life. Things happen to them with Ouija boards and all this stuff, and so I think it's it's just really important to be cognizant of what's going on as you're watching something. Sorry, Paul.
2: Go ahead. I feel very convicted right now because I really do enjoy the haunted mansion <laughs> ride. I went on it tw- two or three times actually when we were in Disneyland because I really dig it. You know, but I think that all the points you bring up are are incredibly valid. I think that you don't. You can't walk into this stuff with your eyes closed. You have to be sort of aware of what is going on with some of these, even these much very innocent properties like Muppets Haunted Mansion. Now, I will say that probably when it comes to horror movies, I actually gravitate more towards supernatural horror movies.
1: So I think there's a line there, too.
2: The reason is, I think, because it does delve into... What I would consider to be spiritual truth in a strange, uh-huh. off kilter way—it mm-hmm. it, it affirms that there's life after death, that there's good and evil, that there's that there's truly a. A spiritual war, in a sense, going on yeah. now. A lot of these, these, and we
0: talked about that a while back in one. We of our did, podcasts. we did. I think we talked yep. about yeah. it last
2: Halloween. So I think yeah. that that it is one of those things that, for me, I can pull some very interesting spiritual truths while trying to shift, you know, slough through all the all the lies that That's might be good. told.
0: You know, one of the things that we have talked about here is the appeal of these movies. And if you take a step back and think about it, it's a little bit counterintuitive to me. If you've ever had children, at some point your kids got scared, right? At some point your kids were worried about what's in the closet, you know, especially if they saw Poltergeist, which hopefully they haven't. Um, they're worried about what's under the bed. And obviously Monsters, Inc. totally takes that trope and and runs with it and has built an entire franchise on it. Yeah, um, But it's a little bit odd to me, That we have an entire genre of movies that are aimed at kids, but are kind of flirting with the scary stuff. What do you think the appeal is of these movies to kids? Why do they want to watch them?
1: I think probably for the same reasons that we do. I mean, there's something in us that's kind of pulled toward like, being a little freaked out, but being able to then shut it off and not be freaked out anymore.
0: OK. To be in control.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like flirting with it and then backing away from it. Like any I ever watch something scary, I'd immediately turn on something funny afterward. Right. That like that balance of I'm not going to bed thinking someone's looking at me in the mirror. I'm going to go to bed laughing at this joke. Um, I don't know. I think for me that makes sense. I also think
2: that there may be something about the actual chemistry that these movies Uh, sort of trigger. Yeah. You know, when I remember listening to a ghost story when I was a little kid, I remember just everything tingling, me really being hyper aware of everything that goes on. You're in this sense where you feel truly alive and totally in tune with everything around you. And I think that there is, as horrible as it is, I think that there's an attraction to feeling that much present In yourself, because I think oftentimes we go about our day to day business. We, you know, a lot of times our our days sort of blend in with each other. Fear, as terrible as it is, can heighten that sense and you remember it.
3: Well, and and my wife asked me why I like scary movies because like all you know, you get a zombie movie, I like it. And some people think that's evil, the raised from the dead. It's an evil power that made it happen. I don't know. To me, it's just kind of like, what if, what if there was these creatures walking around that were trying to get you? What would you do? And for <laughs> me, it's all about survival. Yeah, I- I'm yeah. always like, what would I do? You know, where would I hide? You know, would I run upstairs? No, because then you're trapped. You know, I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm always thinking through that stuff. And to me, that is kind of the adventure and that's what I'm attracted to. Oh,
1: that's cool. I like that point.
3: I think there's another element here too that is part of the
0: appeal. You know, we live in a culture and in a world now, in a world, I always like to say that, (laughs) where we can have answers to everything at our fingertips. And I think that there is something in monster movies that hints at the unknown. It hints at mystery. You know, even the old dumb Scooby-Doo Cartoons, you know what, what it was mystery incorporated, yeah, right? And yeah. and so I think in that mystery there is a draw to the unknown, and we might not normally connect these dots, mm. but I think that that we are really built with that desire to connect with mystery and something bigger than ourselves. Cool. Um, I mean, uh, you guys know I have an odd fascination with Bigfoot. Because of the dumb commercial I saw for a Bigfoot movie <laughs> when I was six years old that I've never completely uh. shaken off. But I think, you know, you you look at these people who are looking for UFOs or the abominable snowman or Chupacabra or Sasquatch, <laughs> there's a desire for something that I can't just Google, right? That That's I can't cool. just nail down. And I think that there's something along with that scare that really draws us into these kinds of stories, even while we're slightly afraid.
1: I think on that point, it's probably, that would be such a good way to then talk to your kids about the same thing, but with the Lord.
0: Yes, Because absolutely. the more
1: intimacy that you build with Jesus, like you're like wading into this unknown, right? Like, well, the Holy Spirit asked me to pray for this person today, right? Like all these things that come with building a relationship with God. Um, and then of course, if you go abroad, and it doesn't have to be abroad. Let me just say that. But I've seen it probably more glaringly abroad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and you're faced with the demonic versus the good right in front of your face. You're able to see that like in real life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is a, also a good place to bring this conversation in for a landing because let's face it, the world that Jesus came into when he was around was a monstrous world that some of the first things we see are him casting demons out of people. And obviously we started this conversation talking about kids movies. So I don't want to go too far off into something super dark, but the reality is we live in a world that has monsters, a uh, literal metaphorical spiritual, but we also have a relationship with a God who is sovereign over those monsters. And I, and Kristen, I love what you said that even in a movie like Adam's Family 2 or Muppets Haunted Mansion, if you go there, there's an opportunity to talk about spiritual truth and there's an opportunity to talk about, well, where does our faith intersect that? And um, again, you might not naturally think that, but I think it's a great opportunity to talk about spiritual truth and spiritual reality and to help our kids see that our faith gives us a frame of reference to help us process everything we see even the stuff that seems like it would just be a total throwaway, and i don't have to think about it anymore and at plugged in one of the things that we want to do is continually equip you to have these kind of conversations and sometimes that equipping means you have information that enables you to say yeah you know what Uh, not for our family we're not going there or yeah there are some issues here but here are some ways that you can maybe think about these issues in a way that points your children toward Jesus in the way that they think about their entertainment choices. So thanks, everyone, for this conversation today. I I suspect we could talk about monsters, children, and all of this stuff for a long time, but I really love the conversation we have been able to have today.
2: So in our second segment today, we're going to be talking about superheroes, a subject that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, but as it turns out, the biggest superhero in the world, or at least the biggest name in superhero dumb, is going through a little bit of a change. Adam, you wrote a blog on this. I did. Wanted to hear just what is up with Superman.
0: Well, this is a pretty big story, and you would think with a superhero who's been Around as long as Superman has, what, 1936? 1933. You're the, the think, expert. Yeah. Okay, 1933, that uh, there wouldn't be much new to say about <laughs> Superman. And maybe DC Comics feels the same way because they announced that the latest iteration of Superman, who is actually Jonathan Kent, Clark Kent's son, is coming out as bisexual in a new comic book series called... Superman, son of Kal-El. And I think it's safe to say that the internet has been ablaze with conversation um, about a a pretty high profile uh, change that DC is making to arguably its most famous title if not right, character
2: right right and this is something that we've seen superheroes do before in marvel and dc and whatnot but this scene feels
0: different to me what makes this so significant well it's superman right, right. i mean superman is the granddaddy of all superman in a metaphorical sense is the character that launched the entire superhero genre. He's the first one. Uh, and you're right in that Marvel and DC have both taken characters and either had a new iteration of the character or a revelation of that character coming out as gay or bisexual um, or somewhere on the LGBT spectrum. Uh, Marvel did it all the way back in 1992 with a character called North Star. And you actually have to be a pretty big Marvel fan <laughs> to even know that North Star exists. I am. North Star was a character in the comic book Alpha Flight, which was about a Canadian superhero team. But I digress, right? Like, if you make a character nobody has ever heard of Right, gay, right. There's
2: not much risk in that, right? Does
0: anybody notice or care? Well... Not really, but I, I was interested in what Glenn Weldon had to say about this, uh, and he's the author of a book called Superman, the Unauthorized Biography, and he has a superhero, pop culture-ish kind of thing at NPR as well. He said, quote, it's not North Star, who your aunt has never heard of. It's not Hulkling. It's not Wiccan. And Wiccan is actually a character, not I was a pagan religion. It's not fire and ice. It's not Tasmanian devil. And this is a DC character, not the Bugs Bunny version. <laughs> it's Superman. That counts for something just in terms of visibility, just in terms of the fact that this is going to attract attention. Uh, and so it has. And I think in this, with regard to this issue, uh, it's one that we're seeing all over the place. So I don't think we should be surprised that, it's happening at the highest level of comicdom as well.
2: Well, and I think that that's kind of where we go in this conversation now that that it is happening everywhere. I mean, we've been talking about it on this podcast for low these many months that we see these new iterations of these characters that that parents are going to have to help their kids navigate, if they're going to engage with these properties at all, right? Yeah. Yes. So what is a parent to do with this new revelation? Is this something that, that parents can help their kids navigate
0: with? How How do they respond? I think that's a great question. I think it's another data point, right? As you mm-hmm. said... We've seen this with television shows. We've seen it with movies. We've seen it with a long list of kids shows. I mean, from Arthur to My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. And I could just go down the list of shows that have had some sort of an LGBT representation. Now we're seeing it here. Um, I think the takeaway for parents is this. Even if you have been hesitant to have a conversation about what this expression of sexuality is the culture is having that conversation. And um, I think, you know, Paul, when you and I were growing up, maybe we had a conversation with our dad or maybe our mom, and you have the birds and bees talk, the talk as it's called, and that's it. And you're on your own and good night and good luck and hope it goes well (laughs) with you. And you never revisit the conversation. I think what we have to do as parents right now is really shift in our thinking. That this is a conversation that our culture is having constantly. It's having it in Superman. It's having it with kids shows. It's having it in movies and music. And so uh, even if it's uncomfortable and it's a hard conversation. It is a hard conversation. uh, We've got to wade into it with our kids because if we don't, they're only getting... A side of the conversation that for the most part, I think, is not informed by a biblical perspective.
2: Right, right. Thank you so much, Adam. Listen, uh, for anybody who hasn't read Adam's terrific blog on the subject, uh, it's on our our Plugged In blog and it's really worth the read. So um, if you want to dive into this subject a little bit deeper, that's a great place to start. Thanks
0: again, Adam. You bet, Paul. Thank you. Well, now it's time for that part of the Plugged In show we call Culture Culture Countdown. Countdown and I'm joined again by Jonathan, Kristen, and Paul. You guys know the drill. You've got 30 seconds, and just for anybody wondering, 30 seconds is not 33 seconds or 42 seconds, even though 42 is a great number. 30 seconds to tell us something significant culture-wise that's happening out there that families need to know about. Jonathan, you ready to go? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. I'm gonna count you
3: in. Three, two, one, go. Okay this week I was perusing all these different articles about the best gifts for teens and it was crazy because I can't believe how many of these like gift ideas all had to do with well here I'll let you decide a reading pillow ready for the girl who doesn't want to leave her bed and it shows a picture of her sitting there reading her phone. (laughs) <laughs> and then another gift that says, okay, a glow-in-a-dark phone case, so you can access it all night. Oh, <laughs> oh we're out
0: of time,
3: Jonathan. Well, that, that was a quick bucket. 30 seconds. seemed like seconds. a great story, story though. Uh, and
0: uh, I'll remind everybody that there are links to all of these stories in the show notes for today's episode if you want to learn more. Absolutely. So if Adam
2: cuts us off cruelly, you can read
0: more yep. about you it. You guys know the terms of it. the deal, okay? <sighs> 30 you know. seconds. Kristen? Okay. Can you go faster than Jonathan? I I
1: have such anxiety right now. Probably. Go ahead.
0: All right. Here we go. Actually, Jonathan, you did great. I don't mean to shame anybody. I'm (laughs) going to count you in. Three, two, one, go.
1: Okay. So, this is your social media piece for the week. In a set. In a Senate subcommittee hearing last week, uh, Miss Haugen, who is the Facebook whistleblower, she said that there was a bunch of Facebook information that people needed to know. One was that the company um, is serving harmful eating disorder-related content to young users hmm. and that the use of Facebook by authoritarian leaders could present national security concerns. Hmm. And I thought that was really interesting. So she'll be discussing that uh, with the board, um, which apparently... Oh.
0: All done. You know, you almost got through your story, though. Congratulations. That's great. I think she got through it in the last, (laughs) at the end, she was like, like, come "Come on, (laughs) Belle.
1: Interrupt me. (laughs) I know. I I just kept talking (laughs) (laughs) all the time.
0: I mean, some of us are natural keep talkers, right? We just keep talking, even when nonverbal cues are telling us it's time to be quiet.
2: I can't clear my throat in 30 seconds. I
0: know you can't, so let's see if you can do it. Paul, you're up next. (laughs) You ready? Uh, All right. Let's do it. Three, two, one. Go. So
2: last week we talked about the Squid Game, speculating that it might be Netflix's highest-rated show ever. Turns out it is. More than 111 million people watched it.
0: Super Bowl numbers.
2: Now, now Netflix counts just two minutes watching it as, as watched. So keep that with a grain of salt. But the thing that I found really interesting was what it edged out. Bridgerton. Was the second? It's now the second highest rated Netflix show, followed by Lupin. Stranger Things is actually not oh, even. Oh no no, 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 no! no, we're not done. in the top no. five. We're
0: done. We're done. I'm sorry. Cheater. There's always one, right? There's always one.
2: I don't play by your arbitrary rules.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Um, just for the record, my rules are not arbitrary at all. <laughs> They're well defined and communicated. I would agree. I mean, it seems like our expectations should be clear here. You
2: interrupted me, though, so that means oh, I got very extra. I, yeah,
0: just,
1: Adam's turn. Can you do it? Okay, okay.
0: Can yeah. I all right, do here it? Here we go. Are you ready? I think I am ready. Three, two, one. Back in 2009, Marvel introduced us to the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Iron Man. 24 movies later, you might think that Marvel would be on the verge of running out of good ideas. You would be totally and completely wrong. Do you know how many new Marvel things there are in the pipeline coming up for movies, Disney Plus, and everything else? 31. 31. So, Marvel fans, you are going to be satisfied for a long time. All right. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, that was another entertaining and informative installment of Culture Countdown. And now, as promised, a look back at some of the funny moments you may or may not have heard on the Plugged In Show over the last hundred episodes. What are we going to do for our hundredth episode? Are we just going to let Emily sing?
3: I'm down. I'll rap. How about that? I'll rap.
0: (laughs) Action, action, action. It's going to be a mud bog. Bigfoot versus
2: barefoot. <laughs> I'm Paul Acey, and you're listening to PluggedIn.com. No. Is that right? No. I'm Paul Acey, and you're listening to plugged in.
0: Any of the things that Bob and John and I had to share today.
3: Jonathan.
0: We call him John. Okay, uh, Well, where's the sentence pick up? We call him Johnny Boy.
2: I'm Paul Acey, and you're listening to plugged in. It's not my birthday, if it was, it would make me sadder, because I'm
3: old. Take one. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll
0: be transcribing this a little bit later today, and we'll probably have it. And we're done.
3: Okay. <clears throat> <clears throat> me, 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 me.
1: Do you want to build a snowman?
3: Save the songs.
1: Okay. I am
2: Paul AC. I'm Paul AC. And you're...
0: <laughs>
3: Okay, here we go The I'm
0: Kristen Smith
2: <laughs> Can we do Can we do very gloomy? I'm Paul A.C. No
3: Meow, 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 meow Meow, 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 meow,
2: I am Paul A.C. Only <laughs> 27 takes Only 27
0: <laughs> It's like this those angry goat videos.
3: <laughs> I'm Jonathan McKee, author of Parenting Generation Screen with Focus on Families plug-in. Well, I want to give a shout out
0: to our engineer Laura for putting that together for us. Thank you so much, Laura. I I think. <laughs> yeah, okay. Thank you. Thank you. And that brings us to the end of another episode of the Plugged In Show. Thanks for spending some time with us today. What did you think about our conversation? What do you think about monster movies for kids? Love them? Hate them? Don't care? Got a favorite you would like to share? And for that matter, what are your thoughts on what's going on with Superman? You can let us know on Facebook or Instagram or shoot us an email at team at thepluggedinshow.com and we would love to keep this conversation going with you. And as our thanks for being a part of the Plugged In Show family, today, for a gift of any amount, we would love to send you a copy of Paul Acey's book, Burning Bush 2.0, How Pop Culture Replaced the Prophet. You'll find a link to order that book in the episode notes for today's show, as well as on the Plugged In blog entry for today's conversation. And you'll find that at pluggedin.com slash blog. Or if you prefer, you can also just give us a call at 800-A-FAMILY. Thanks again for taking time to join us for this week's big 100th episode, and we look forward to connecting with you again next week as we get started on the next 100 episodes of (laughs) The Plugged In Show.